Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. about the CW's Riverdale that is dark but honorable. I'm Alex. When you go to the darkest place on <laughs> earth, New York City, it must be a shopping excursion, the scariest thing you can do. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Chapter 69, Nice Men of Honor <laughs> on Riverdale. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You've got to do it, You've got to do it, bro. So this is the latest episode of Riverdale. This is also a big deal because this is not so much a crossover as a tee-up. Uh, it's for, a tease. Yeah, it's a little bit of a tease of Katie Keene, which is premiering the next day on the CW, depending on how you're listening to it. Maybe it was... Decades ago. Yes. I don't know. This is probably the last piece of content that was ever created before the apocalypse <laughs> happened. And this is what some uh, explorer is going to yes. blow on a copy of this podcast and then be like, wow. Wow. That's Katie Keene crossed over with Riverdale. That's very cool. I'm sure with Alex's dying breath, he's going to post this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I will. As the bombs land, I'll be like, add, said. <laughs> the people have to hear this. So we got to talk about this. We got to do a recap. Uh, uh, and I want to 
I'm gonna now ch- here's the thing. Yes, I wasn't here. I was out of town for right. last. This is where episode. this is what I wanted to start. Yeah, with. and this is where I wanted to start also because here's the thing. There's some some stuff happened in the last episode. Uh, yeah. yeah, that it was pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to say it's a pretty 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 fun. Oh. With the Barch, uh, Barchi. Oh, uh, oh, right. Oh, that's oh, that what you want to talk about. So okay. here's the thing. Fucking asshole. Jughead and um, his girlfriend, or future ex-girlfriend, Betty. <laughs> How oh, dare okay. you? I, they are having a rough patch. Sure. The last Their episode. Game. The I don't know about that. The last episode was a little bit rough. As we Sure. All, they fought. They got back together. Yes, but there's a cracks. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, so actually, how about this? Why don't okay. I recap where we are at this point, uh-huh. and then we can jump right in on this okay. as like the the cliffhanger that leads. Into I, think it's, I think it's bullshit that he misses an episode. We got to hold his hand for a whole fucking thing. You know hold I mean? my hand. No, you're thinking about how um, Betty holds Archie's hand at the last of the episode. <laughs> That's the hand holding. I think we're talking about. I said you up nicely. You so. Here's what's happening on Riverdale. Lots of stuff is happening on Riverdale. We can kind of go character by character. First of all, there's Archie Andrews. Archie Andrews manages a boxing gym slash community center. He's also a high school student. He's also sometimes. not in charge not really. of a construction company. Sure. He's also in charge of a construction company. He's a pharmacist. He is a, a pet doctor. He's egg, an astronaut. Egg connoisseur. <laughs> egg connoisseur. Uh, also a part-time weaponry. vigilante. Part-time vigilante. Not anymore. I think he's, he's given that up. Up. Yeah, yeah. He's too back to the schedule. Future he, musician. He can't do everything. He's not Sabrina Spellman, you guys. Yeah. So he is doing all that stuff, but he's also dealing with his new Uncle Frank, who is in town. He never met Uncle, Uncle Frank, Frank before, but he is very bonded with Uncle Frank. Yeah. And Uncle Frank so far has a, a bit of a spotty past. I think we can say. Yes, he's suspect. He's his suspect, mom but like seems to have a good heart, or at least Archie thinks he has a good heart. That's definitely true. Yes. Archie, the best judge of character. Sure. He loves everything like a puppy dog. Exactly. And puppies are the most responsible creatures. <laughs> you can so always trust a with puppy. Archie. Meanwhile, Veronica is dealing with a bunch of stuff as well, a regular requisite family stuff. She is still feuding with her father, Hiram Lodge. Yep. In fact, trying to take down his rum business by starting her own maple rum-based business. With and Cheryl. in order to do that with Cheryl Blossom, who we'll get to in a moment, uh, and in order to do that, she has taken over the Maple Club, pretty on the nose if you ask me mm. and running that instead of giving people what they wanted which was sex she's giving them drinks yes it's become a private drinking club it's become a private drinking club private run sex by club. teenagers versus the dance club run by teenagers that's happening below pops yes. which is also run by teenagers that is <laughs> true but pop uh, checks in and he's very old the opposite of a teenager yeah pop checks in dunston checks out <laughs> Uh, so that's what's going on with Veronica. Also of note, she has given up the lodge name. She has decided to become Veronica Luna instead. And oh, she yeah. has been struggling with which college to go to because her father bought her way into most other colleges. So she has been pursuing her own path. Yes. Now, on to the other couple side of things. Let's talk about a Jug Bug. I think that's what it's called. That's, I think, what people say. That's the most logical way to say it. <laughs> sure. Jug Bug. Jug Bug. Jug Bug. Jug uh, Bug. A couple of things going on with him. Uh, first Bung's of all, a song at the end of the original Return of the Jedi, I think. Yeah, Chuck Buck. Chuck Buck. That's 100%. Yeah, I love that. Peach just nodding his head. Yes, yes, yes. I love this. More, more, more. Nope, nope, nope. 
Okay. Jugbug. So Jughead is attending Stonewall Prep, which is an elite academy. He has been clashing with the preppies who are there. There's a couple of them. Uh, I'm going to skirt over some stuff that I'm sure we're going to talk about later. Uh, but back a couple of episodes back, a teacher by the name of Mr. Chipping jumped headfirst out the window. He killed himself. We were told it was because he was having an affair with a student named Donna Sweet, who he started to get aggressive and abusive towards. She confessed to as much. Uh, the uh, school backed her up on that. Betty and Jughead were a little suspicious about it. Yes. We had many discussions here on this podcast about, about how that. it's a little weird, like we don't know what the deal is, but we had trust in the show that it would eventually come about. And I'm more nervous now than I was before, <laughs> yeah. but I still do think they're going to have an answer. We'll see what happens. We'll get it talked about it in that in a moment. However, Donna has uh, put herself forward as an ally to Jughead. She was also hooking up with Moose Mason, who completely weirdly disappeared in the Vanished middle of the night forever. And nobody is following up on that at all, and it's driving me crazy. Well, guess what? It gets paid off this episode, so it doesn't have to drive you crazy anymore. Thanks. Please. No problem. I wrote this show for you. Oh, <laughs> this is a fucked up show. Well, uh, you're a fucked up guy. So uh, that's what's going on with Donna Sweet. There's another uh, character called Brett Weston Wallace, who is the uber preppy douchebag dude who has been clashing with Jughead. And in fact, it has reached such a height that they challenged each other to a duel. A duel. That's in what the I last thought you were episode. To talk about. That is definitely. I knew exactly what he wanted yeah, to talk crazy? about. You know I'm getting for that yeah. Barchi love. I really want to talk about their maple teenies. That's the yeah. big thing that I wanted to pick up on. For does the it last taste episode. like maple or is it just extracted from maple syrup and doesn't it taste like a regular rum? Yeah, I, th- I talked about this for a while last yeah. episode, as I'm sure you listened to. Of 100 percent? Yes. A million percent. I would never not. Yes, of course. So not. that's what's going on with Jughead. A couple of other things I'm sure we'll touch on as we get through the episode itself. Now over to Betty. Betty ended up in a little bit of a sticky maple herself when she competed in a quiz show. And her mother, Alice Smith, who is trying to help her out now, just trying to help her out, just trying to be a helpful little mommy. <laughs> she little mommy. Why would you say that's that? right? That's you, you made, you she's a helpful. So I honestly think she's creepy. credited. Why would you do that? She's credited at the end of Riverdale as helpful little mommy. That's awful. Imagine a the fact that you just said that. Helpful little mommy. <laughs> Stop saying. That. We're all helpful little mommies Stop. and daddies. <laughs> Stop You're a helpful little daddy, and he's a helpful little mommy. <laughs> He can't. He, Alex can't get it together to talk. Nope. He got this is himself. hilarious. Huh? I'm out. <laughs> That's it for me for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, all right, That's great. fine. We could tear, bear the standard here. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, Alice yep. <laughs> gave her the answers to the quiz show. Yep. She, yeah. She's so Alice, trying to help, gave Betty all the answers uh, to the quiz co- show, which, as we know, is illegal to do. But Betty didn't read them, and she tore them up. Yeah, the way right. So Someone... Betty did the right thing. I'm back now. I'm good. Okay. Uh, so You're Betty did back the right to th- being a helpful <laughs> <laughs> Stop. He was back and then you derailed him. I you help. derailed him. When Stop. I see a helpful little mommy, I call it helpful Stop. little mommy. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Let him do his fucking job, man. Otherwise, we'll I'm never get through this so fucking hard thing. right now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so she <laughs> gave her the answers. Uh, Betty ended up, as far as we knew, probably getting suspended, probably not getting into Yale like mm-hmm. she was hoping to, uh, and also just uh, generally uh, 
having a reputation thrown under the bus. Yes. Uh, so that's what's going on with Betty. Uh, we'll get to the flash forward, which you wanted to talk about in a second, but over to Cheryl Blossom. Cheryl Blossom, as you mentioned, Pete, is working with Veronica on the bar. Now, the important thing you need to know this episode, which we do hopefully get a flashback to, because there was a couple of seasons past, uh, she was almost and uh, was sexually assaulted by a guy named Nick St. Clair, who is a horrible douchebag who popped up a couple of times throughout Riverdale. He's played by a seemingly very nice guy named Grab Phillips, so you total change that. of character. He seems very friendly, and everything we've heard is he's nice. I would not assume he is his character. Yeah, okay. you don't have to think that they cast him because <laughs> sure. he's like a criminal. Uh, but basically, uh, he tried to assault Cheryl, and in response, Veronica and Josie and the Pussycats death-proofed him and kicked the shit out of him. It was the glorious. Ne- the next time he showed up, Archie beat the shit out of him, and I think both broke both of his legs and like yeah really like, like yeah. really so messed intense. him up yeah uh so long tradition of really messing him up on the show uh and that's kind of what you need to know about that yes indeed uh and he's risen with even more revenge yes this episode. so that all said the big flash forward which surprisingly we don't deal with a whole lot in this episode we've been getting these flash forwards to a couple of weeks from now i think it's like two weeks from now or maybe even one week from now at this point well interestingly in this episode there's no flash forward right yeah uh where we've been Getting the tease that Jughead is dead. Maybe Betty killed him, conking him with a rock. Uh, And then the last episode ended on this cliffhanger uh, where Archie was comforting Betty. Betty thought, uh, Jughead's never going to come back. What's happening with Jughead? And they just stared into each other's eyes. And what we get here is we get one hand on the table. Pops, famous chocolate shop. Great spot for close friends and potential lovers to meet up. Right. We get one hand on the table. We get a second hand from the other side of the table, touching first hand. A third hand comes from the third side <laughs> of the table. A fourth <laughs> hand. And One then hand. Well, I will say, a second hand comes on top of the hands to show this is real, this is happening. So I'll Archie tell you what, rising. I no. still, we talked about this at the end of the last episode, me and Pete. Um, I still think they're like, it's them double-blinding us. It's them tricking us yeah. to lead us down this road. But... There is a thing that happens later in this episode that I do want to talk about that maybe burgeons up this theory a little bit. I don't know. I I mean, we've said this a lot for many years. We've believed in this. We've worshipped at the altar. I don't want to say we all have. I think we all have gotten on board with this the entire time. I don't think that's true. And I that these relationships maybe um, aren't, uh, I believe the term is endgame you were throwing around, Pete. Yes, that's Pete's term. He yes, came up with Pete, that. You came up with that. Yes. And congratulations on all you're being paid from Avengers Endgame and just everyone saying the word Endgame right. uh, randomly. Every time that happens, Camila Mendez has to send him $50. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hold on to that money. Yeah. Um, uh, I forget what I was saying, but I just, <laughs> I think there's going to be some shake. It feels like there's shakeups. If it's fake shakeups, I don't think fake they ups, would, if you will, fake ups. Fake ups. I don't think they would just do fake shake shake ups, fake ups, uh, without having any sort of underlying change happening. Yeah, we'll see what happens. There, there's so so many questions going into whatever is going to happen in one or two episodes. Time we'll have to see. But with that out of the way, let's jump into the episode yes. proper, Justin. So my notes start with first off, let's talk Barchi. So what uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say, just kidding, we already did that. We jump right into the duel, the duel, which uh, we have um, uh, the teacher, Mister Dupont. Leading the children in a series of fights. Yeah, so what's interesting is normally a duel is one of these, 
but they go all in on any kind of duel. So there's fencing, there's going to be a fist brawl, and then, of course, chess. And, of course, like all great battles, you save the chess for last. <laughs> I think that's where the saying comes from. Save the chess for last. Yeah. But, I, I have a question and a statement about this. I'll say my statement first. My statement is I have been joking for weeks that after uh, the football game and the quiz show, this is all going to end in an academic decathlon, oh. uh, Billy Madison style. They ended yeah. up doing an academic triathlon, I yeah. think. Basically, uh, so there was that. Not so a lot of academics in fighting with fists, but... Sure, you know, you'll learn something. The you'll sweet learn the, science. Uh, sweet science, yes, there you go. Uh, the, the big question that I have is all three of these events run by a secret society based on a secret society's rules... Happened in the middle of the classroom with all of Stonewall Prep watching. It's like they took, like, whatever they were supposed to be learning about that day, they were like, no, we're going to watch these two kids fight. Yeah. Gonna watch these well, my problem is it's a secret society. Not that secret. It's Maybe, not that secret. They if, did have a public party in the last... That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Mr. DuPont was like, hey, um, in my class today, my English class, we're gonna, two of the children <laughs> will be fencing. And uh, everyone else is like, oh, cool. Let's go check it out. Yes. Today in English, bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we get... Um, they have to choose a second. And, of course, Brett chooses fan favorite character. Some random dude. Uh, I think it was uh, Jonathan, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, there's, they have, uh, there's Brett Weston Wallace, there's Donna Sweet, there's Joan and Jonathan. Joan and Jonathan mostly stand there looking smug. Don't do, yeah, much they of anything. They don't do much. Have they said words? Uh, yep. They've said their names like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Jonathan! Uh, and then Jughead chooses Donna. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. that's very interesting to me. I... Uh, I've talked about I talked about this last time I was uh, uh, here um, with you two, um, my oh, friends. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that I feel like Jughead is behaving so oddly this season. He is feels like he is not being naive and a little bit maybe he's wowed by being at Stonewall and like I sort of so. blindsided by the potential that this uh, being there is going to give him for his life. But he feels like he's being so trusting of the many people here, and all they have done is take advantage of him. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating. Well, I think there's part of that. Again, we talked about this a little bit the last episode, as you well know, Mm -hmm. but the the idea that he wants to be accepted by someplace, so they are accepting him, and that's why he's a little more guileless than he usually is. But there was also that line in the last episode where he said, "There's, there's a bigger game that we're playing, to Betty, this episode this is jumping ahead, but they play chess, and uh, ostensibly he's training for his chess match. But I felt like that was another indicator that Betty and Jughead have something going on that we don't know what it is yet. And also, Betty has murder boards. So. She has murder boards, so there is that. But I think like that's more the public-facing thing. It feels like... There's like a sub murder board. There's her public murder board, and then there's something else that she's doing with Jughead that we just don't know about yet. Yeah. Uh, I maybe. I guess we'll see. It's. It, the, I mean, if we were to count up all the plot lines going on, there's all the ones that you talked about in the recap. There's the fact that uh, other parts of Riverdale have been videotaped, right? Um, randomly, we get a lot of uh, what's that? A lot the of front doors, doors yeah. and it, it get, the camera get, keeps getting closer. 
Um, we have, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to remember. Are we, are Charles you really going to go yeah. through all of them? This is too much no, to no, go but through. What, I, what I'm We've saying is. We've got the gargoyle. Okay. Uh, We've got yeah, the black hood. Simmering. Uh, <laughs> Dark Betty um, being hypnotized. Tangerine. Uh, tangerine. Tangerine. So I'm not going to, like, relax. Uh, I'm just saying there. there's a. What are you getting so bad about? There's a lot what, of. What's his point? What the fuck is he Wait until. Don't stop interrupting him. Let him get to the point. I want to hear the, it. The point is there's there are a lot of things going on that have to be resolved this season, and we don't know who. Like, so much is focused on Jughead dying, and that seems to be very much foc- uh, revolving around Stonewall. Yet there's these other pieces, and to say that Jughead and Betty have something else going on is a crazy understatement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Sure. All right, uh, let's follow each plot line, right? Yes. Because, again, with this episode, things have a couple of different trains running. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so why don't we keep going with Jughead? So that's certainly the yes. big plot line, as usual, in this episode. Um, we jump... I mean, this is sort of an all-fight episode, so that's fun that we get to jump back and forth with that. We get the fencing match first. Right. Brett wins. It was hard to tell who was who when I was watching oh, this yeah. because they are dressed the Great same with hats right. on. Stunt man to be it able is. to, you know, it's very do nice. stuff. Uh Brett wins the first one. That's uh, do we, uh, sorry, do we want to talk through Betty's storyline at the same time? Because they kind of weave back and forth a little bit. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so just to jump back, uh, after uh, they announced the academic triathlon, Betty finds out that she's been suspended for a week, yeah, can't mom, go to prom, is stripped off the blue and gold, and Brett is filing a restraining order. That so, was a lot of stuff to yeah, lay on her. That was really interesting the way that happened. It wasn't Betty in the principal's office. It was Betty's mom in the principal's office. Her and Betty's mom Bobby. comes out and was just like, Her wow. sweet little Bobby comes out and tells her a couple of things. Oh, my yeah. God. What just happened? So, like, uh, I was trying to see if I could say it out loud without uh, completely just losing it. It, yeah. was, it was helpful, little mommy. Let's just be clear. <laughs> um, and so, I'm going to try to be a helpful little mommy to you by reminding you of the actual <laughs> saying. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, I just thought this was really funny the way the mom is kind of like, wow, that principal really hates you. And like all these horrible things are happening to you. And like her and her mom just kind of shrug it off because they're just kind of happy to be together. And I think it's both sweet and kind of maddening at the same time. Well, it's crazy because um, Alice Cooper was going in there to be like, hey, principal, yeah. my daughter didn't do anything wrong. I, I cheated. Yeah. <laughs> and he's you like, should hey, arrest me. Yeah. Yeah. Can I? Uh, this is an interesting structural thing. I thought about this episode that never happens on Riverdale. You and we talk about this all the time, but usually with Riverdale, it's like people come in for a scene, they have a scene, and they're something crazy happens, and they're like, "Well, onto whatever the next plot line is." Unconnected. There were several times in this episode where scenes actually connected to each other. Yeah, yeah. which was. Not bad, but strange and different. Yeah. yeah. And the reason I bring that up now is because they're talking in the hallway. Betty is like, uh, well, this is a lot of stuff to lay on me. Mm-hmm. And I was fully expecting that it would cut off and then go over to Archie or something. But instead, she like, starts thinking about Mr. Chipping. Yeah. And then she runs off and they see the murder board. And she and Alice decide to team up and find out what's really going on in Stonewall. So it was almost like, Two to three scenes in a row. It was uh, like a regular television show. It was fun uh, that way, yeah. and things connected it, backwards to earlier episodes, right. seamlessly, as opposed to sort of reigniting, having to re uh, go back to things. What a pain to move a murder board. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. You got to put tacks, up all the thread, the yarn. 
But I was, uh, part of me was super happy that uh, Betty and her mom were having this night moment, but part of me was also upset at Betty for not being mad at her mom for the, all the, you know, stuff that she's blowing I up. I mean, she's life. Alice. You kind of just got to move on and roll with it, right? Yeah, yeah you that's keep sort saying of her that, but eventually thing. that's going to get tired. Well, it did, though. It did. It reached a boiling point in the in treatment episode, and I feel like past that point, Betty has been like, my mom's my mom. Alice is trying to be a supportive mom in her own crazy way. Uh, And in this episode, it was just great seeing her team up with Betty and them investigate a mystery together. Great dynamic duo to have there. Like, much better than whoever Betty was solving mysteries with. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, So from there, we move into um, the discovery. Well, following the Betty plot line, um, Moose just was in the army. (laughs) (laughs) He just shows up. That, That was crazy. Yeah, they that, find out they find in Mister Chipping stuff that um, all these army pamphlets, and then we literally cut into the. Well, there's a couple of things that happen first. Just to touch on them, so they break down the murder board. They decide they're going to go after Donna, uh, and they talk to Mrs. Chipping, who yes, we've yes, never yes. seen and has never been mentioned before. Literally, they say Mister Chipping has a wife. Really? Right. Yes, she he does. Let's go talk to her. And then the next scene with right. him is then. I loved her line too, where they're like, "Anything strange about him?" And he, she was like, "Well, he was drinking a lot." complaining about the Baxter Brothers books as if those are of equal weight. Like, yeah. he was hitting the sauce really hard, also complaining about his job. Yeah. Well, Which is, you know, uh, Betty kind of perked up on because she's like, oh, what's going on with the Baxter books? Because if Jughead's got to be doing that, she's, like, looking out for Jughead's maybe future job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the, that's one of the things that I think was good about the storyline is not only did I like her teaming up with Alice... But also that underlying she is trying to protect Jughead and that ultimately they realize they don't have to protect each other, but they can be there for each other, I thought was nice. And it continues, contrary to what you're saying, Justin, Mm. it really pushes the fact that they are responsible adults for each other. They're great friends. Oh, boy. They're great friends. Oh, my God. Uh, So they do, yes, that Moose just turns up. Moose was in the army the entire time. That is just... They set up Moose vanishing as a central mystery of the yeah. season. I thought we were going to slowly have people vanishing, and it was going to be like, what is the, um, the yeah. secret club at the what school? What is the school the, doing the, to these kids? Yes. Yeah. And it turns out, nope, he was just in the regular army. Right. Uh, also, at the same time, uh, oh, we had the fencing match. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, just scanning through my notes here, looking for that. Um, right, so uh, Chipping, we get a picture from Moose that Chipping was, like, clearly trying to protect him from something. Yes. Uh, he first was telling him to, Come he, he recruited he him there. for the school, then he was like, you have to leave, you have to leave. Yeah. Because Moose was being targeted by... Um, I guess the the Skull and Quill Club or uh, or something, uh, and then we also find out at least for Moose, uh, he says that Brett videotaped him having sex in the dorm room. Uh, said it would be a good addition to his collection. Yes, uh, presumably with Donna, he was having sex with Donna. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. an know. interesting question because right, uh, uh, we know Moose uh, like his sexuality is a little bit. Uh, you don't quite yeah, he's know. Bisexual, he's bisexual. He said fluid. Yeah, but like. What is the bribery that is affecting him? Is it because he's right. having sex with someone that is bad uh, for the politics of the school or is it something a secret he's trying to keep? Like, it's uh, it's suspect. 
we don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then right off of that, we get another scene with Betty and Alice where they're picking through the dorm room. Um, I do I do like how immediately, though, Betty was like, oh, if, you, if you're being videotaped, I'm probably videota- being videotaped. And there was that episode where while Jughead and Betty were having sex, there was a video camera recording. They were being videotaped. Yeah. I liked picking up on that. I'm yes. glad that they didn't just weirdly drop that yeah. Yeah. Uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, they didn't. It, Brett, of course, completely denies it. He said, Betty asked him straight up, do you have a tape of me and Jughead? There's a great reaction from Alice in the middle of that, mm-hmm. which I liked a lot. Yeah. Did you like that? I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Pete, did you like it? Let's move on. No, did you like that reaction? Sure, yeah. It was I'm fun. not trying to trap you on anything. I'm just wondering. Yeah, it was nice. Oh, okay. Do you got to go somewhere, Pete? What's going on? Nope. All right. Um, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I want to get through. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Sure. So we got all the time in the world, buddy. We have all the time. This we have. I loaded the our reel to reel with a lot of tapes. So sweet. we can just keep going. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Um, so then we uh, jumping back to the Jughead side of things. Um, we have Mr. Dupont organizing a straight up bare knuckle fist fight between two of his students, his child students. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that fight, and Jughead just lays. Oh, Brett Jughead out. was a sweet move, man. A little dodge and then follow through right across his jaw. He's a street fighter. Yeah. And uh, I love that. I loved him laying him out with one yes. punch. I yeah. thought that was fun. Glass like, jaw. You got a glass jaw. Yeah. Um, and of course, like all great battles, it will be settled with chess. Mm-hmm. Chess. Yes. The, the heightening of fighting. Because it goes from fencing to brawling, which I understand. And then the pinnacle of that is chess. Well, That's, chess is like little tiny dudes fighting. That so, is the uh, ultimate uh, battlefield. Exactly. I mean, it's definitely a battle of the mind. Yeah. They call football large chess. That's exactly right. Yeah. There was the big large chess bowl. Yeah. That happened. Uh, We're not legally allowed to call it what it's really called, which is battle chess. <laughs> okay. Um, but after <laughs> after Jughead knocks um, knocks Brett out, right? Every, everyone gets mad at him. They get him. Jughead. Up, Jughead. Right. They put a dead snake. They like staple a dead snake to his. That was, was some nice work. It was taped. It wasn't stapled. <laughs> no, it was, it was nailed. Wait, taped? What kind of tape? I don't know. I thought I saw tape Scotch? on there. I like, yeah, masking. Masking. Oh, no, I think it was nails. I think you can't get a snake on the wall without a couple of nails, I always say. Honestly, I bet they probably workshopped it. They were like, what should we do? Um, it's maybe it's a combination yeah. of both tape and nails. I oh, bet Jonathan glue. was like, grab tape. Yeah, <laughs> that's his big line from the episode. <laughs> grab some tape. He's having a struggle. He's really struggling with puberty. Oh, um, so I'm 13. And uh, Jughead is stressed because there's the whole dead snake thing. Very threatening. And then he catches a couple shoulders when he's walking through the hallways. He's like, right. yeah, it was... Dropping shoulders into me. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that actually I think worked really well in this episode, which it's crazy to say, but there's not... Th- uh, Riverdale doesn't usually have thematic things in an episode necessarily. Yeah. Like, it just sort of has things happen over the course of a period of time, yes. which is part of the reason that we love it. Uh, but they really, really, really push the title in this episode. Like, mm, yeah. just the idea of honor yeah. and playing out what honor meant to different people in different ways. Uh, and I like that quite a bit. I thought that was a uh, good... An interesting, a different mode on the writing part. And And that's what plays into this Jughead thing here because Donna tells him uh, that, yeah, nobody likes Brett at all, but he is one of us. He is on our team. He is the Stonewall squad. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, they are going to back him up because if he loses honor, they all lose honor. Uh, And I like that. I thought that was a smart, interesting way of coming at that plot. It was cool, especially... It it 
I I understand what they're saying, but it's weird for people to rally around a giant douchebag like that. Well, but I also think in light of... You do this podcast, right? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, In light of what we learned later in the episode about the suspicions of Donna, like this speech, I think, takes on a lot of value where it's like Donna's saying, we're a group here. And if she ends up being the leader of this group, we all think it's Brett. That makes it make way more sense that she is somehow pushing everyone to target different people and have all these nefarious plans. Uh, So, yeah, let's keep walking through it. Uh, so um, while uh, Betty finds out that this chess match is happening at a certain time, so she grabs her mom and is like, well, everyone's going to be busy. Let's break into the Skull and Quill secret hideout. Which I've been waiting for for a while. Yeah, and that place is glad. Needed, it needs to be cleaned, dusted yeah, up a little bit. I'm right. glad they broke in. Another nice up. theme of this episode, I thought, was the fact that there's no security in any schools anywhere in Riverdale, and yeah. anybody can walk in and out at any point. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was great. Yeah. Definitely. But at, at Stonewall Prep, they do have a silent alarm that makes his watch beep, <laughs> right. which I thought was very Delightful. funny. It was very funny also because Brett is like, they're playing chess, very intense focus. And yeah. he's like, there's a secret <laughs> alarm. I, we have to stop. The way he jumped up was pretty hilarious. It was very funny. It was Sean like, Deppner, we talked about him a bit on our Deadly Class podcast as well. He is yeah. funny. Like He's he is a funny. funny guy. And this was very funny. Yeah. He plays um, a good douche. Yeah, he plays a good douche, and that's a skill. Um, so they go, they catch um, Betty and Alice. Uh, they're dealing, they are like, what are these tapes? And these I liked tapes. how Betty didn't back down. She was just like, yeah, I'm breaking in your fucking secret thing. Right. And she finds these tapes there, and Brett, and this is an interesting move, Brett is like, no, those are legal tapes. They are given by permission and consent by members of the Quill and Skull. They are confessions. They are not sex tapes. And ultimately, we do see, which we'll get to in a moment, but we do see that the one videotape that Betty takes is Donna's confession tape. Yeah. So at least that backs that up. So what do you think at this point? Does Brett also have these sex tapes? Well, somebody's recording people having sex. There's definitely something going on in the uh, catcher's mitt that was in their room, right? Yeah, there's right. something going on in that catcher's mitt. Yeah, probably a little mold. Got to yeah. clean that off. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Uh, what the f- I, I'm curious, because I, I suspect that the videotaping of the front door of all the different Riverdale people is not Brett in that, any of the Stonewall crew. I think that's going to focus back on the Charles Chick. Uh, hero of Riverdale um, stuff. Yeah. He's doing Somehow some... he's trying to save their doors. Exactly. He's just keeping track and being like, this house um, could be, uh, needs some renovation. Sure. Uh, the paint's helpful. chipping a little bit. It's Ooh, chipping. chipping. Mr. <gasps> chipping. Mr. and Mrs. Chipping. Mr. Paint, paint Chipping. Paint Chips. Paint Chips. Eat paint, paint Chips. chips. The fact that you both lit up for that is just kind of ridiculous. We're well, excitable. I mean, you know, it's great. We're excitable folks. We cool. figured out something about the show. Um, so I think there's a chance that Brett could be telling the truth, um, but I think those confession tapes are also for bribery. <laughs> so sure. Both of those things. Yeah, I think both things are true, but maybe he's not the one filming sex. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we get a cute scene of Jughead and Betty practicing chess that we mentioned before. Uh, and then Brett raises the stakes on the whole competition. Yeah. He's like, you lose. I get your pink slip. I get your car. You're going out of town is yeah. basically the stakes. Of and it, it was funny because uh, Chuck, I was like, no, you don't get to just randomly raise the stakes. I don't accept. I do love that Jughead was given 
this publishing contract by a shadowy cabal behind the scenes mm-hmm. that runs the Baxter Brothers books, and Brett unilaterally can be like, now I get to write them. Yeah, yeah. that's how <laughs> Based publishing Based on this works. school yeah. bet. That's how that's, duels work. That's how I took over Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I challenged J.K. Rowling to a pretty fun um, uh, game of... Um, uh, I can't think of it. Uh, <laughs> Flip Cup? No. Nope. Quidditch? Oh, fl- you know, that would have been good, too. Flip Cup, interesting choice. Hopscotch. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. You made a the gesture. magical of games. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to create a magical well, game. She's going to be good at magic won? games. I crushed it, yeah. Wow, that explains a lot of her recent tweets. Wait, <laughs> wow, <laughs> interesting. Uh, well, anyway, uh, so uh, they decide to make this bet, and Jughead is like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to win because you're a terrible writer, Brett. And then a lays into him in front of everybody, which I thought was great. And doesn't he say he's a man without honor here? Yeah. yeah. He says almost says the title of the show. Yes. Yeah, but, but he says quite. he's a better man. Than it was weird that he also didn't say Chapter 69. Nice. Yeah, he should have said also the television show Riverdale, oh, yeah. <laughs> in which, which we are characters upon. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, while they're uh, straight up chessing, Alice and Betty do sneak in to find the tapes. Uh, we get a quick shot. I like this. This uh, They enter the door, and she's clearly putting a bobby pin back at her hair. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a cute detail. That's fun. Uh, and they find the false wall. As we talk about, they reveal the tapes, uh, the one with Donna. Uh, Brett uh, triggers the silent alarm. Uh, and then they finish it up. Uh, Brett doesn't trigger it. No, no, no. He, he gets the silent alarm. Yeah. Uh, they finish it up now as an evil chess match in their yes. evil lair. They're like, well... Let's finish it off downstairs. We got it. Who carried Jonathan? Did you carry the chessboard all the way down here? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jonathan clearly switching, dropped a couple of the pieces. It's kind of uh, switching. And then up a uh, bit. Jughead throws the game, throws the chess which match, which I'm so happy about because he realizes. Wait a second. I shouldn't be going to an evil school where all these people are trying to hurt me and take me down and get wrapped up in some weird evil thing with all these prep school people. I'm out. Yeah, he, so he's leaving Stonewall. Presumably, Should have done it a long time ago. I like this move as well. I thought this I was, was a smart very way. Very happy it. with Jughead for that move. It's interesting. I think this is the essential thing that is going to lead to his death. Yeah, because I think whatever plans, whatever I think he is a pawn in the uh, whatever the drama is happening at Stonewall in relation to Baxter Brothers. That's cool. I think it is. And I think him leaving the school is. Messing up those plans and yeah. a price will have to be they, paid. Yeah, because they need someone to fill in this Baxter Brothers thing. And because he steps down, that ruins everything. And now, you know, they, yeah, I think they're they not, not just anyone can write this child childhood fiction. Yeah. Uh, and then it all ends up with Betty and Jughead chatting. He has no regrets. And Betty reveals she stole the Donna tape. Uh, she puts in the tape, and at first it seems like she's confessing to the affair with Chipping. She's using the exact same language she did then. Yeah. But at the end, she says, Mr. Cotter, who, Mr. as far Cotter. as... Cotter. No, that's the, um, yeah. the show Welcome Back, Cotter. But, oh, okay. I assume from, that's where it from came like from. From like the 70s. <laughs> sure. Uh, and they realize, oh, Mr. Cotter, Cotter uh, okay. does not exist, but it's the same language and everything, and they start to wonder, is Donna... The evil mastermind, and so we touched on this before. Um, the f- that's we a weird choice, yeah, for her yeah. to have a, a a fake accusation like that. Um, so I don't think that's what it's going to be. I don't think the show would do that, but it does sort of make really make you wonder what is going on. Here. 
and this is this is upsetting because it's like there's this horrible narrative that you know um, you you need to believe women that you uh, you know women come forward and they get pushed aside and it's like this awful thing. So the show pushing this narrative forward is kind of a negative thing, and I'm surprised that we're still here. See, I have I have a bigger problem with it in the span of the other things that happen in the episode because which we'll talk about I'm sure in a moment uh, but even beyond like even if you take the if you take the Donna storyline as itself it's his own storyline you can you know dissect it and talk about it uh, but there are so many different things in different ways that happen with sex tapes and revealing sex tapes and talking about sexual assault back and forth and people getting assaulted or getting revenge for assault or all of these other things that it ultimately adds up to what is this show saying? Yeah. And yes. that to me is the issue with what happens in this episode. I agree with you. And I, I do think they, whatever the statement is, I don't think the statement is finished. Uh, sure. So I hope, and like we talked about before, it feels like something else is going on here because I don't think the show would point to this because it is an overly simplistic understanding of these larger issues. Uh, so, as far as the plot centered around Donna. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to have the Donna thing, don't also bring Nick back and then be like, hey, remember that sexual assault? Well, guess what? We're going to sexual assault him for revenge. And then it's like, well, what the fuck are we doing? It, this was. Well, well I, I think that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. before you, you get too worked up here, Pete, I think we're in agreement that. It's it's a little convoluted. It's a little confused how they are trying to get across these ideas. We've talked in the past about how Riverdale is not great at doing these issue for driven topics because they'll do things where but they they'll should start doing... will start to delve into something and then get to the end and be like, and eh, that's the end of that, and then kind of move on. Yeah. I frankly, I know a lot of the fan base would love to see them delve more into issues. Personally, I think that is the wrong mode for the show because it plays much better in things like what happens to Archie in this episode, which was my favorite plot line by far of this episode. Yeah. Because it was ludicrously over the top, but fun, but based in Archie's emotion uh, without necessarily being issue based in the same way. Um, so I would love for it to stay in that mode, but I understand that there is a certain push and pull of we can touch on these things. It just doesn't always work. Right, but if you're going to try to touch on it, try to make a better statement than uh, have a horrible... For sure. We talked about this back in season two. I think the definitive statement on Nick St. Clair is when they put him on the floor and kick the shit out of him, and that's the last time we ever should have seen him. But we're seeing him again, so we will talk about that in a moment. Uh, I also think... um I, I like I was saying. I I think the Donna story is not over. I think my yeah. prediction is, uh, I don't think she's the mastermind. I think she is has been hypnotized. I think hypnosis is sort of something oh, that's going to be coming up in this, and so I think that's why these tapes are there as part of that plot. And I think just the way the plot is moving, we're in this point where it ends, like you were saying, and we're left feeling like, oh wait, this makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's because the plot the story hasn't finished being told. Yeah, I think this gets to why my bigger problem with was the sum total of this episode as an hour of television is it was saying a lot of things in a lot of different directions. And on that note, on that very positive note, I think we're going to move on with an ad break. Let's go to an ad. Hey, everybody. Alex here. You know who are best friends? Betty Cooper and Veronica Lodge. And you know who are best fiends? Brett Weston Wallace and Jughead Jones. And totally coincidentally, that reminds me of one of my favorite mobile games to play right now, Best Fiends. 
You're welcome for that amazing segue. So this is a game that I've been playing. My wife has been playing it. My daughter has been playing it. My entire family has been playing it nonstop. It truly is so much fun. It's a casual matching puzzle game, so you can play it during commercials while watching Riverdale and jump right in and right out as soon as something crazy happens on the show. It's also playable off the internet, so you can take it on a plane or on a train or something else that rhymes with plane or train. And it also has a neat dynamic for upgrading your characters, which is one of my favorite things to do in games. Plus, they keep releasing updates, so even if you beat it, it never gets old. Now, before you ask if I've beaten it, like Archie, I am always fighting for this town. Except, in this case, my town is a game called Best Fiends, so no, I have not beaten it yet, but I'm gonna keep playing. Now, how much money is it, you might ask? Great question. I'm no Hiram Lodge. This is a free download, and you can upgrade by paying for stuff, but there's no paywall. You can actually keep playing it for free forever if you want. Also, unlike Hiram Lodge, we do disclose our financial information, and this episode was sponsored by Best Fiends, but also I was already playing it, so it all worked out. Here's some info you want to know. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And now, back to recapping your favorite teen murder show. All right, we're, now we're back from an ad. I hope uh, you guys liked hearing my voice coming out of my voice. Let's jump back into Riverdale. I love my how voice it's coming out of my voice. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I pre-taped the ad, so I'm just saying that, like... Hey, how'd that go? Were you in the studio by yourself? Like, all right, Salvin, you can do this. Yeah, I paid... Uh, we got, I think I want to say, three bucks for the ad, and then I uh, paid $500 for the studio space. So Smart. I think that's going to work. That's good money. Smart. That's good money. That's yeah. how most online advertising works. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, I'm smart. Should we jump into Veronica's story? Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then do Archie last. Uh, so we have, or let's do like Veronica. Well, we should also talk about Tony and Cheryl. Yes, yeah. of course. Do we want to get into that one first so we can uh, sure, get sure. past the more serious stuff? Yes, yes. Uh, so Tony and Cheryl's storyline. Um, well, first off, the tickle video plot line lives. Uh, yes. <laughs> lives hard. <laughs> lives hard this episode. I, I got to tell you, I, was, I started to get a little worried at the top of this episode because Kevin goes over to Fags and he's like, here's a fat <laughs> So much money. Yeah. Well, they're getting $5,000 each, I have to assume, for yeah. these, these tickle videos. And Tony comes over She's and like, is like, yo, that's a lot of money. What's yeah. going on? You got a side hustle? And, she's like, and Fags is like, don't worry. It's totally legit. I think you're going to like it. Totally legit. No questions asked. (laughs) Totally legit. And Tony seems interested. And I was like, Jesus Christ, are now Tony and Cheryl going to get into tickle videos? And then this show is just going to turn into an hour long tickle video? Yes. I mean, I'm into it and I love it. But like, (laughs) come on. Um, And this, did you watch the documentary Tickled? No, which is sort of the uh, which is actually a great documentary about this sort of tickle video subculture and what a thing it is and that's where this is coming from i believe because the money in that they talk about in the documentary is wild yeah uh great wild. doc especially if you're like where would they ever come up with this idea from that's where <laughs> that doc yeah yeah um and so we get that as just a little low buzz underneath the episode is that tickle videos are happening and popping in riverdale yeah and then ultimately this plot line plays out where tony is working at the maple club i assume they're both working there 
either regularly or filling in for Veronica. Not 100% clear yeah, because she's out of town. Uh, But Tony sees a guy there who's very interested in some business. He and all of his buddies have gotten into Harvard, which is... And they're there to celebrate. There to celebrate. He wants to rent out the Maple Club. She says, I want to show you the options. And we know it's Nick St. Clair. Tony doesn't know it's Nick St. Clair. Cheryl comes in. And sees him, and that moment is awful. Yeah, it's just horrible to see. Yeah, and uh, to Madeline Petch's credit, she plays it beautifully. Yeah, just the terror, everything draining out of her as she very internally, which I thought was a good. I could have seen it being like a middle of the room scream, uh, and I thought the internal sort of falling apart was well done. Well, and I think also the way that it played out because she talks to Tony about it. Tony, I was a little worried when that happened because it was like Cheryl kind of ran away and then it was Tony with this sexual predator. And I was like, oh, my God, don't leave Tony alone. She doesn't know. So I got a little worried, but I'm glad they had the scene where they were talking. And so they had this talk. And I like the fact that Cheryl says there are so many things that I have been powerful about. I thought I was going to be okay. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but I thought I was going to be okay. With seeing this guy again, I thought I'd moved past that, but clearly I hadn't. Yeah. Which seems like a very human reaction to yeah, have to that she sort was of thing. triggered, and Tony recognized that, and being a very supportive partner, like, really helped talk, her, talk it out with her. Right, and Tony talks to her about she had a similar experience with her past. She moved past it with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people have been asking for some sort of backstory with Tony. I don't think this is necessarily it. That's probably not what people are asking for. No, I don't think so. Um but, you know, and I also think, like, Tony could have related to it regardless of having an experience right. in her past just because it is Cheryl, her girlfriend, who she loves. Sure. Uh, but ultimately, she comes up with this plan to punish Nick St. Clair once again. She welcomes him back to the Babel Club, working with Kevin and Fangs, lures him to a room, presumably drugs him? Drugs yep. him. Gives, she's giving him a series of drinks. Right. So she drugs him, ties him to the bed does a tickle video with Kevin and Fangs, or at least Fangs. Un- I, th- I think they're I both think there. they're all there? Yeah. yeah, they're both there. Okay, they tickle him. They show it to Nick St. Clair. Nick St. Clair is like, what did you do? And she says, you ever assault anybody again? You ever come back to Riverdale again? I'm showing off this video. I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to ruin you. And Nick is like, ooh, you got me, Tony Topaz. Yeah. Didn't love this. No, it's uncomfortable. Like it's uncomfortable yeah. to be like, I know what I'll get revenge on this person who um, who drugged my girlfriend. I will drug him. <laughs> yes, and uh, don't get me wrong. I think Vanessa Morgan did a great job. Yes, and weirdly, I even like the scene after it, like with the contextless where they're hanging out. Yeah, where they're all hanging out watching the tickle video. Yeah, That's... like with a completely divorced from anything else. Contextless. It was just fun to see them all hang out. Yeah. And I understand uh, the idea that this guy gets to walk free after what he did, and it's like let's con- let's punish him again for coming back into Riverdale. But it's still like it's just a morally whole like yeah. difficult thing, and they don't leave us with any sort of like resolution. I yeah, feel like it lets us be like, oh, the characters we like did something sort of fucked up, and the character we don't like was the victim. Right. <laughs> so it's like what? Yeah. And and again, I think all the actors did a fine job with it. Uh, so that's good. It was nice to see Shoney snuggling. Shoney snuggling. Big snuggle. Snuggle. There's a little bit of snuggle going on. Pete, did you like to snuggle? Well, yeah. I mean, anytime uh, Tony and Cheryl are uh, together and uh, loving on each other, it's great. But yeah, this is just was super <laughs> uncomfortable. And 
I was just like, what are we doing, guys? What is this episode about? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's about honor. Being it's men honor. or women of honor. And uh, shall we jump over to Veronica? Yeah, let's, get, let's uh, stop talking about honor. this. Great. Uh, so we go uh, over in Veronica's world. The lodges are all going to NYC. Ooh, ooh. Well, Veronica says she's going there for a barnyard interview. Yes, yeah. which uh, not is... a barnyard interview. And no, I got she's... I got worried because then they were like, "You hey. thought she was going to go out to U.S. Acres, right?" Yep. No, for a barnyard interview. No, I thought that uh, you know. Old P- evil can lodge. I just ask a question? Could you uh, take a little bit of our nonsense this episode? Like no. you're taking no nonsense. That's right. Why are you so no nonsense? Yeah. yeah. Why don't you be a little bit of a helpful little mommy? <laughs> <laughs> there he goes, you fucking asshole. So I thought that uh, old Mr. Lodge there was going to sabotage her interview. That's why sure. she, she was like, we're going to New York, too. I was like, no, Veronica, they're going to, you know, don't let them do this to you again. You know, uh, so I was happy about that new reveal. Uh Yes, I, I understand in essence what you're saying, even though the reveal is not great. Uh, but yeah, Veronica goes down. She meets Katie Keene. Yeah, fun. It's like Tying. fun stuff. It's like two Veronicas hanging out. It is like two Veronicas <laughs> hanging out. No, how dare you? Katie Keene is very different. Yeah, Katie Keene has red lipstick, and Veronica has no. Not, not Katie Keene makes her own outfits. Is a, a little bit less bougie than Veronica sure. is. Uh, and yeah, she's, it's, it's kind of like two Veronica's. Right? Oh my God. I mean, it's close. I'll tell you, we should check out this Katie Keene show. No, we really should. I wish we had some sort of podcast called Katie Keene cast. That would be that a was cool. Was that our, and now commercial? it's time for another ad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't uh, do it to him again. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yes, uh, we are launching a Katie Keene podcast called Katie Keene. Nice. Cast. Say it with a little gusto. Woo. Um, very excited to get in that show. It does seem like a show, a fun show. I like the way Veronica and Katie Keene are hanging out. I thought they were great together. Yes. I, the way they played out these scenes, it felt like, first of all, Camila Mendez and Lucy Hale, very natural together, which is fun, even though they look very relatively similar, both with the dark on, hair. How dare you? They both have dark hair. Like, yeah, they have the same color hair. I'm sorry, just the... Riverdale takes very specific efforts to be like, everybody has different color hair. That's like <laughs> yeah, that's how different yeah. characters. Uh, so to have the two characters that are closer on the same show was kind of funny, uh, but they had a good rapport. I liked how it played out. The clothes montage was super fun. And like, uh, I feel like a lot of scenes of our main characters hanging out as friends, ha- they are always like busy or stressed or doing something. It was really nice and refreshing to see two characters who are friends Talking to each other. Have a clothes montage, you know, Having shopping the, montage. It was great. And hanging out. And I love the scene of them, like, catching up. And it was the first mention of Veronica and Archie as a, being in a relationship in so long. So I want to ask about this. This is the yeah. thing that I wanted to talk about earlier. Because uh, they're talking about the relationships. Uh, Veronica asks uh, Katie about K.O. Kelly, her boyfriend, who's mm-hmm. her boxer boyfriend. They are, by the way, uh, just to clarify, in case you're not totally clear, Katie Keene takes place five-ish years after Riverdale. Yeah. So this is the beginning of the K.O. Kelly-Katie uh, relationship. They are in a relationship when Katie Keene picks up. Um, so there's a lot of teases there. They also talk about Jorge and Molly's crisis and all of these other things that you'll see on Katie Keene. Um, but they talk about their sweet relationship about Katie and K.O. dating. They held hands at Veronica's Quincenera, all of this stuff. Uh, when Katie asks about Veronica going to Barnard, she says, is Archie going to move? Veronica pauses for a second, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. And she knows he's not. 
Right. Because what's he going to do? Well, well she, she pauses she and says, then like, like, well, he River, never... Yeah, Riverdale needs him. Yeah. Right. He never... Le- and she says... No, uh, he'd never leave the town. Riverdale needs him. Yeah. Uh, you know, my best friends are doing the long distance thing. Maybe we can do it too. But that pause was kind of telling to me. I agree 100%. I don't, don't I feel like. In, don't look too much into that pause. No, uh, all, I, I'm, I, all I'm saying is like, of even beyond, like, I joke about Bughead, but I do think they keep going back, or Bug Jug as it's known officially, they keep going back and forth with um, how they're, it feels like they're separating, but then they all keep seeming to come back together. While Archie and Veronica, this felt like, oh, they've sort of moved past each other. This was, to me, the, because I know they haven't been in a lot of seeds together this season. Truly. She paused, uh, and you think they're just over? No, over the course of the season, they never see each other. There's no scenes of them, like, being cute together, hanging out, having I, a relationship. I think we get it, but, like, I think, at the very least, this is pointing to there is a idea in Veronica's head of, like, I think we're probably going to both move on after high school. Are we going to do that? And I think they're going to deal with that going forward, whether they do decide to commit to each other going forward and having the long-distance relationship, that's fine. But that split-second pause was so uh, palpable there, pointing to me that there is something different going on in Veronica's head, whether she wants to admit it or not. It's basically in a long-distance relationship now. They're each running multiple businesses. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They don't see each other. Uh, there's also a very sad thing that happens right after that, uh, which I also thought was really, really well done, where Katie yeah, admits, that her, mom. Yeah, yeah. admits yeah. that her mom is sick, uh, which is something that you will see play out almost immediately in Katie Keene in the first episode. Uh, so it was kind of sweet and sad to be there. And also sets up what happens later for Veronica. Exactly. Uh, because then when Veronica gets back, she finds out from Hermione in a pretty intense emotional yeah. scene that Hiram was there to talk to a doctor. He has a neuromuscular disorder that is slowly going to wear away at him. Until it's, he- and it's caused by being too jacked, <laughs> by being too just absolutely shredded. I, well, I think it's it's caused by wrestling just strangers. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> I, I got to say... Opposite to a lot of the other storylines that we've criticized this episode, I appreciated the fact that they're like, eh, vague neuromuscular disorder. I'm glad they didn't put a real name on it. Agreed. Or make up a name like Fizzle Sticks or now, something. Now, there was another part of me. <laughs> yes. There was another part of me, though, that was like, is Hiram making this up? I yes. thought, wrote down here, Hiram is definitely lying? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. It feels like Hiram has been desperately trying to get back in Veronica's good graces while simultaneously fucking up all of her plans. Yep. And yeah. this feels like his big chess move to get her back. Now, which is fucked up. Fucked up. Yes. She it's fucked up of me to say that if it ends up being that he is absolutely <laughs> like yeah. has a degenerative disease, but that to me f- tracks with what he's been I was doing. just upset that she immediately was like, "Oh my god." You know, like this man has done so many horrible, evil things. Like, yeah, no, but don't take it at face value. Do a little research. But it's all a game. It's all a game. I feel like to them, and the stakes are high in this game. But this is like real shit. Yeah. So if he is lying, he's crossing the next. That is barrier. that is a lie. Like yeah. that's too far. And I actually don't even think the show would do that necessarily. But I think we've been built up enough with Hiram to not trust him to think. Maybe he's doing something there, but the next scene actually went a far away the way Mark Quinswillis plays it to make me think, okay, this is actually real. Because when Veronica comes in, tells her him uh, him and Hermione that she's going to Barnard, uh, they the how happy he is for her about it. Uh, and then that she has taken the Veronica Lodge name again. 
he plays it as sweet and pleased and sad and being a real father. So maybe it'll pan out differently in the future, but for right now, I am willing to believe it's him. Just just so like so you're, t- you're saying you trust Hiram, Hiram Lodge. Just you're saying based you trust on 100%. Hiram 100%, Lodge. no matter what, I trust I just him. Can't I would follow him to the end of the earth. All the things that this man has done to Veronica, and she just is like, oh, he's sick. Oh, oh, daddy. He's, I, my, I, he's my sweet little daddy. That's well, all I got to say. Helpful little mommy, <laughs> sweet little daddy. Stop <laughs> being so creepy, please. Uh, it's not creepy. Being a helpful little mommy is what all good mommies do. <laughs> uh, so let's jump into Archie's um, nonstop battle episode. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, so we start off with another Frank dude <laughs> shows up. <laughs> Frank yeah. dude? Uh, Frank squared. Yeah. Um, shows up at Andrew's construction and is like, what's the deal? Uh, Frank himself, I feel like he's so suspicious. He's so suspect constantly. Constantly. Yeah. This, this plot line seems to prove that he's not, uh, that he is someone that Archie should trust. I, I, I think what this plot line goes to is you shouldn't necessarily trust him, but he is a guy who has lived a bad life, ended up in a bunch of bad situations, made bad decisions, and is kind of trapped by that. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if there is a sense of he's not just a dark Fred, like a dark mirror of Fred, so much as if Archie keeps following his impulses across the board, this is a road he can go down. And ultimately, the place that he reaches is... He has that conversation at the end where he's like, I want to be more like my dad. And he wants to like and he accepts Frank for the mess messed up dude that he is. Yeah. And I think that's good. I hope that's I don't want to see Frank come back and be. A yeah, boy. I was worried because it was like it started off like, hey, when's your mom getting home? I'm like, oh, here we go. Uncle Frank. Yeah, don't this guy seems it. like yeah. he's stealing. And like, then he's like telling another army story. Yeah. And then I'm like and Archie was like real quick to be like, hey. I have two uncles now. Do you want to stay over? Hey, I don't know you, but why don't you stay in my place and I'm going to walk out the door and you can have whatever you want in my house. Like I was like, Archie, please, please stop being so trusting. Yeah. And I got to say this, the turnaround where like Archie leaves and this dude, Ted, tries to kill Frank. I was like, yo, what? <laughs> that the, was crazy. It was crazy and it was really well done. I oh was like, God. holy shit. It was like action movie. Like, yeah, the real fights in this episode knife. were... Another level for the show. Agreed. Uh, I'll also mention this guy's full name was Ted Bishop, and a bishop is a chess piece that moves in weird, crazy directions. Diagonal. Diagonal. I don't want to call them weird directions. I thought you were talking about like cable. (laughs) You imagine being diagonal? What the fuck? Go straight. I thought you were talking space at a time. I thought you were talking about the horse diagonal or the horse. The way the horse does it. Oh yeah, horseman. The horse does like little L's. Yeah. I thought you were making reference to X-Men, like Cable and Bishop. No, oh, like he no. absorbs energy and yeah, yeah. shoots it out. Maybe that's what he does. He absorbs, fu- absorbs fights. But he did. There was that point when Ted Bishop shouted, I'm from the future. Yeah. Somebody's going to kill you. You'll find out in a couple of years. Uh, but good thing Archie yet. forgot his phone. That forgetful. Yeah, man. Imagine how many times Archie forgets his phone. I, this hmm. is in all the things that you cannot predict on Riverdale. Definitely watching that scene, I was like, all right, this guy's suspicious. Yeah. Or something. Right. The fact that he was a mercenary <laughs> to kill Frank. And a giant superhero. Yeah. yeah. He was a Captain America. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he threw Archie around. Well, we'll get to that in a second because I want to talk about well, that. Well, and let's. Second. Archie wields his weapon of choice, a, an egg pan. Yeah. Right. And just wrecks the dude. Loves that. Kind of crazy that he hit him and then didn't reach down and eat some of the eggs yeah, exactly. on the floor. Yeah. Archie's hungry. Anytime yeah. Archie moves, he needs to eat. Oh, is that eggs? Yeah. <laughs> All these eggs on the oh, floor. Oh, I could eat some eggs. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, so it turns out Uncle Frank was a merc with a mouth, is what I wrote down. Good. Question mark. Yeah. Uh, he can't leave town. Archie wants to get back up, so of course they go to FP. Uh, FP, very interesting in this episode. <laughs> FP is like, I'm a, he says like nine times, yeah. I'm a cop and a gang leader. Yeah. <laughs> Let's trap this deadly mercenary in your gym. Yeah. <laughs> Let's trap this mercenary in your gym. I'm going to dress as a Southside Serpent, get a bunch of Southside Serpents, despite the fact that I have cops who work for me, and I legitimately am a cop, and then I'm going to arrest you as a cop. Yeah, uh, yeah it, like crazy. Plus, there were like so many people with guns. I was like, he called yeah. like 30 people. Also, yeah. I really loved how uh, FP wouldn't, to, you know, the Merc tried to, like, get out, like, hey, you know, I could tell you some stuff to try to get himself out of the jail cell. And FB's like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, in, before that, Ted goes, you broke the code. And I'm like, the code of not being killed? The code of not being murdered? <laughs> the Merc code, bro. Well, code. Don't call the cops? Yeah. What, when the yeah. Merc's trying to kill you? Yeah, don't call the cops. You just got to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> I think motto that's, that's, that's Merc life, yeah, Everybody dude. knows the Merc code. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. If you're going to live that Merc life... You don't call the cops, man. Yeah, no, yeah. no exactly. Don't. It's like uh, Pete always says, if you're going to be a merc, don't be a jerk. Yeah, that's truly a uh, common phrase around the Pete LePage household. Um, so Ted's dead in the jail cell. Ted's dead, yeah. Ted's dead. Yeah, Dude, Ted, the old Ted. fake puke. Don't fall for that, man. Fall. I fell for that. I totally fell for that. I don't what? have my note right here, uh, but I was like, well, guess Ted's dead. Oh, he's not. Why would you think he's dead? <laughs> because I trust everything. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, on this show, you got to trust you everything. Yeah. That's a classic Merc move. Yeah, it is. Classic Merc. Classic Merc move. Uh, uh, I feel uncomfortable <laughs> saying Merc. Yeah. Oh, I just found I want to say mercenary. Ted is dead in prison, vomited on floor, dash. Except not. It's a trick. Yeah, and he bent the dude in half, the cop in half. Oh, my God. That's why I think the the line after that is like, he bent him in half. Jesus. Really fucked him up. And then uh, it was hilarious that Archie took a phone call in the bathroom, and it was like, hey, uh, it's FP. Merc's loose, bro. The Merc's loose. And Archie's like, okay, well, I've got some time. Turns around. boom! Boom. Yeah. Um, Archie versus a trained special forces officer. Yeah. Archie holds his own. Wait, can we talk about the uh, phone call for a second? Sure. Uh, I know we just talked about that, but I, I was just trying to find my note here. So Archie got the call from FP, and he said he just about snapped Tubby in Tubby. two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the name? Old Tubby the Cop. Yeah. Tubby the Cop. Popular. I mean, what a crazy detail to just throw in yeah. there that there's a character named Tubby well, who's now snapped I thought it was FP who walked in. So FP had to be like, no, it was Tubby. It Tubby. wasn't me. Right. Yeah. It was famous uh, Riverdale Cop. police officer Tubby. Tubby. Yeah. Yeah. Officer, officer Tubby. Yeah. Officer Tubbs. Uh, Tubbs. Tubbs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. It's yeah. a great For spin sure. off. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I would watch that show, Officer Tubbs. Uh, officer. Yeah. This whole sequence was one of the best things I have ever seen in the Archie history of Riverdale. got thrown through a sink. This I don't is, think you can get up from This that. was clearly like they saw, and it's crazy that they executed this so well, but they clearly were like, Let's do that bathroom fight for Mission Impossible, Impossible Fallout. A hundred percent. I thought it was Bad Boys. Oh, did they do that in Bad Boys? Yeah. The most recent Bad Boys? No, the first one. For Life? No. No. Do you think Two? I think they were doing uh, M.I., yeah, um, I, absolutely. Okay. With the sink smashing he and everything. He should have done the snap. The, oh, like, my God, yeah. Knuckle reload snap his, or whatever. Yeah. Reload his sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Uh, but I think, like, despite the fact that if it was from Bad Boys or Mission Impossible or whatever, the fact that they executed it so well and it was so exciting and it just kept building and building and building, great. Yeah. And then we end it. 
Well, wait, I just want to mention, uh, so they're fighting in the bathroom, and this is the thing that I love about it. Like, they're fighting in the bathroom, smashing through the stalls, smashing yeah. things. No way stabs him. It's like running. To, anytime well, there's a the fight thing, is that in a school, there's a crowd immediately. This is my absolute favorite thing that made me fall in love with this action sequence. I was already like, this is so over the top, so ridiculous. Uh, he stabs Ted. And then Kevin runs in and says, what the hell is happening? Yeah. And Archie is like, just shrugs. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Archie I don't, I don't just know. shrugs at him. <laughs> that like, reaction know, was man. the funniest so thing. To go into, Welcome Kev. to my world, Kev. <laughs> and Kev. then Kevin says, this school is insane. Yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is, was. Kev. It was very funny. Oh, my God, that whole thing. And then it keeps going. It, the because it goes into the common room and they wreck the common room. Which is a very nice room. Yes. Nobody, nobody in the school is trying to help nobody, Archie. Mr. Honey. Learning. People are learning in class. Yeah. Mr. Honey is always like, did you break one rule? Except, well, there's a bare knuckle brawl happening <laughs> in the bathroom. Uh, Can't hear that, I guess. And it ends like all Archie fights ends with another pan to the back of the head. Oh, there's something <laughs> like a pan to the back of the head. Yeah, but Frank comes back. It's Frank, a trophy, actually, in this. Yes. Frank comes back, yeah. saves the day with a I have to assume banger. it was some, like, Fred's trophy or something like that, right? Uh, and and they, we see it land on the ground, and they don't ever die. I thought for sure we were going to get, like, wow, uh, Fred's football win. Yeah, right. yeah, that's what I thought too. Which would have been fun. Frank was like, hey, I forgot my cell phone. Is that but, what he said? No. Oh, okay. that would have been fun. That would be cool. I forgot you should write Riverdale. <laughs> Isn't it funny that Fred and Frank are brothers? Two FR names? I messed that up when I was writing down notes and for a brief second I was like, whoa, their names are Ted and Fred? Yeah. <laughs> the weird Merck group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I think just to get, be more creative. Yeah, but brothers, uh, you know, you get things like that in certain Fred families. and Frank? Yeah. yeah. Very similar. Uh, so Frank does leave. He leaves the tool belt. He leaves his metal on the bed. I was so glad he left the tool belt. Like, you can't take another What are you going to do? You're going to go out of town with a tool belt to what? Fix stuff? Well, it just... Archie Travel gave town him to that town tool fixing sakes? Like some sort of... Archie gave him that tool belt and was like, yeah. this was my dad's tool belt. And like, you don't take another man's tool belt. So I'm happy that before he split town... After he told Archie he would turn himself in, he gave the tool belt. I got to say, though, I would be super into, like, a guy travels from town to town fixing sinks and solving mysteries. Sure. You got to buy your own tool belt. You can't take another man's tool belt for that. The the plumber mystery. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Baxter Brothers. That was good. It just rolls on (laughs) top of your head. Uh, Really fun stuff. Well, Um, we'll workshop that. Archie is legit oiled up in this scene. Oh, like he is, he's like wearing a towel and he sees his stuff on the bed and he is like, oil, he's covered in oil. Like he's, yeah. he's like baby oil. Yes. He baby oiled all over the place, including his little bruise exactly. right on his muscles, which will be fine soon. I, yeah. It was, but I think. Where's his tattoo? Where's his gargoyle tattoo? His gargoyle tattoo? Is that still there or did he get that taken off? I he still know. has his serpent tattoo, I think. I believe so, but yeah. as far as I know, tattoos how tattoos are. And that's you did. Well, that was a brand. That wasn't brand. a tattoo. Yeah, brand. Branded. Even worse. Yeah, I don't think there's a like there's temporary tattoos. I don't think there's I'm temporary sure doc, brand. Doctor Curl does it. Doctor Curl cleans it up in his ba- spare time. Yeah, he cleans up uh, bra- bad brands. Bad brands. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Curl's mortuary and bad brand <laughs> removal. <laughs> Uh, um, yes. And then we get a, a sweet scene with FP, who um, is hanging out with Archie, who spends more time with Archie than Jughead. Yes. 
Uh, and they talk about, as we mentioned, uh, being men of honor and how Fred was a man of honor and that's what he wants to be, which is very sweet. And I do like this a lot as if this episode was about like, or this last few episodes is about Archie sort of being like, Frank will replace Fred in my life and it'll be fine. And then uh, Frank is can't fill that role. And so Archie then goes to another F person, FP. Yep. And FP sort of has the <laughs> uh-huh. uh, the father role to Archie. Who yeah, needs another it. Ooh, father. Who can he go to next? Maybe like somebody named Fletcher or something oh, like yeah. that. Fangs. 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 No, he talks to Fangs. You're my, you're my dad now. <laughs> you're my dad now, Fangs. You're my sweet little daddy. Fangs is like, no problem. Let's tickle. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap this up here, who was the MVP this episode? Justin. Ooh, really? Turned it around. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I, we know where Pete's going to go. Uh, I got to say that, um, and I feel like I'm stealing your answer, I think Archie was uh, yeah. the MVP today. Um, great Archie episode. Great battle. Archie learned some lessons. He uh, continues to be, like, he's eventually going to be a Mortal Kombat character because um, Archie <laughs> cannot lose a fight. Uh, love that about him. Great Archie ep- Yeah, I, I agree. I just think... I was very mixed about some of the other plot lines here, but the Archie one was good and emotional, and there was that hilarious moment in the middle there. The fight was... The shrug. The the shrug shrug was so good. Very funny. But the fight across the board, like, that they can pull off that sort of fight choreography on Riverdale is fantastic. I love that. Pete, what about you? MVP. Now, you seem to have a different answer to coming. Yeah, because uh, I was disappointed in uh, the narrative that uh, is moving forward, so... Uh, I'm going to go with the other half and say that Jughead was the MVP of this episode because he finally realized he's in a place that is not good and he needs to get out of there. So I'm glad that he has evolved enough to realize he shouldn't be pleasing these people who are trying to hurt him. And how often would you say Jughead? I would say today. (laughs) Jughead today. One day. Today is that day. Yep. Great. If you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Riverdale. A couple of places you can check us out. Socially, Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe. And on iTunes, please do comment. We would really appreciate it. And we'll see you after dark. You helpful little mommies. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.